0: Conversation Reparations. Welcome to Conversation Reparations presented to you by INCOBRA, the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. We are excited as we are moving closer and closer to our national convention. This will be the first time we've done a full-on virtual convention. As we know that uh, based on uh, the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, has uh, had us to adapt organizations, individuals, groups to adapt to, uh, to that situation. And so we did as well, made a decision back in February that we would um, bring our convention online as a virtual convention. This will be the 31st annual National Ecobra Convention. And at our conventions, we have continued to raise the issue of reparations and consistently share strategies that, that we are working on to bring about reparations, to introduce new strategies that we've worked into the reparations movement, to take care of our business as an organization, having our general membership meeting and other meetings as necessary by our bylaws, and to continue to consistently raise the issue of reparations for our people and to continue to organize around that. Um, Many people may know that the Encobra Convention is usually held the fourth weekend in June. And again, as we made some adjustments, we also adjusted the date. So the dates this year, July 30th through August 1st. Another thing that we decided this year that we wanted the theme to focus on young people. We know that many of us in Encobra in are getting older. And so as we uh, continue to move up the age range, we know that it's important that this fight is an intergenerational fight. We know that people have been working on reparations and demanding reparations and fighting for reparations since even before slavery ended. And it's been an unbroken chain from before slavery ended all the way through to now. And so we're just carrying on that torch, and we want to systematically pass that torch on to our young activists and young leaders as well so we're waiting for um one of our guests but we do have one of our guests on the line now and i say guest, but really we're all she's a part of the encobra family and she is sister kenneth henry who serves currently now as the legislative as the co-chair of the legislative commission of encobra Her male counterpart is Brother Cam Howard, the the male co-chair of the Legislative Commission. Uh, The uh, work in terms of HR 40 and legislative strategy has been one of the bedrock uh, strategies of Encobra, And we put a lot of energy and resources into that every year. And we have seen a lot of, we're beginning to see more of the fruit of that labor being borne out. So, of course, this year in our convention, the major panel or actually two panels, uh, panel A and panel B, will be on legislative strategies around reparations. We'll be getting an update on H.R. 40, as well as the companion bill SB 1083, as well as actually talking to the some of the people who have initiated state reparations commissions uh, resolutions, as well as city resolutions for reparations commissions as well including evanston and the suburbs of illinois as well as chicago itself i said suburb of illinois the suburb of chicago illinois as well as chicago city itself also has a reparations committee and so we're going to be actually speaking to those elected officials during our convention and so we're very excited about that so sister Kenneth, why don't you give us a little bit of background in terms of how you got involved in in COBRA and how you got involved in lobbying in this movement for reparations?
1: Uh, First, thank you for having me. Uh, This is really a worthwhile discussion. I had been lobbying, advocating for reparations with another group um, when I met up with Brother Cam and some of the other members of COBRA. And that small group that I was with actually decided that they wanted to disband. And I still wanted to um, be on the forefront of um, pushing for reparations. So I decided, um, after talking to Brother Shabaka, that I would um, come over and join forces with um, INCOBRA. So that's how I came to INCOBRA. I've been with INCOBRA. a little bit over four years, been on the Legislative Commission, um, going at the end of my my um, second year, going into my third year. Mm-hmm.
0: And and Brother Chewbacca is the national treasurer of NCOBRA, lives in the Baltimore area, and was providing guidance to that group that um, Sister Ken has referred to, that disbanded So we've talked about H.R. 40 um, often on this show, but if you could just briefly tell people what H.R. 40 is and the significance of H.R. 40, the history of H.R. 40 and the new version of H.R. 40.
1: Uh, Sure, H.R. 40 um, initially was written as a study bill to study the um, pernicious history of um, the crimes perpetrated against our people. And um, it was decided that there was more than enough information to validate all of the claims that we have been uh, alluding to for the past since the beginning of time. So uh, the rewrite of HR 40, we decided it would be a remedy bill. So now what we have is um, HR 40, Um, We are asking that uh, the Commission be stood up to study and to come up with remedies on how to rectify those injuries and how to um, put forth a plan that would be a full reparations plan, a full redress on um, what reparations would look like for our people.
0: All right, and then the companion bill, uh, SB-1083?
1: Yes, Um, actually, there's a companion bill in the Senate. So it's um, H.R. 40 on the House side, and in the Senate, it's um, companion bill, S 1083 And and the significance of all of this is when we get both sides um, to a point where we can go to the floor for debates and approve the legislation and pass it over to the president, hopefully for a signature. The significance is this will be the first time since reconstruction that there has actually been a bicameral discussion on full redress for um, African-Americans or, or, or Blacks or you know, whatever you want to call it. But that's significant because not since reparations has there been any bicameral discussion. And by bicameral, I mean both houses are having a discussion at the same time on the same subject. So um, I, I'm excited, I'm hopeful. Um, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done, but what an awesome opportunity to be able to say. This is the first time since reparation uh, sorry since reconstruction that we've had this opportunity.
0: Yes, it's quite historical and again in Cobra had a lot to do with that in terms of consulting with Senator Cory Booker to introduce the companion bill. One of the things I think that was important and we did talk about this again last year, but I think it's significant to to bring up again is the, the hearing that was held on June 19th. 2019 around H.R. 40 and how that kind of pushed the momentum of this bill even more so. Uh,
1: And you're actually, you're absolutely correct. Um, To be honest, I was there. I was so excited because I never dreamed that there would be so many people there to witness that occasion. Um, and I believe you were there also, <clears throat> yes. the halls were packed, the overflow rooms were packed, and everyone was there for that um, monumental occasion um, to, to, to be able to witness even just the, the hearings for HR 40. So um, right after those hearings, um, as the process goes, we have to get co-sponsors, that, that's elected officials on the House side, To come on board as and say that they uh, support the legislation, and the same thing is true in the House side, on the Senate side also. And it was really amazing because after the hearing, the number of uh, elected officials, House on the House side, who came on board as co-sponsors was astronomical. Um, I'm I'm going to say we probably had maybe 30, 35 uh, extra. Uh, elected officials who came on board as co-sponsors after that hearing and and it did a lot because it actually um, gave people an opportunity to to see that it is possible for us to get there.
0: Yes yes and that's actually what um, as I understand a hearing does is what it does is it helps to validate a bill it, get, it shows that this this bill is legitimate this bill uh, has uh, interest in the public it has uh, impact on the public and that's actually part of the reason why even hearings are held and as you said there was um i think they were not expecting i know i wasn't expecting um so many people to show up for, for that hearing. Uh, some people say it was as many as 800 people were there i don't know what the official count was but it was like you said there was at least three overflow rooms i think that you know it shows how much people were paying attention to this bill and how People are enthusiastic about reparations in our community.
1: And, and if if I may, um, it wasn't just local people from DC and Baltimore. Uh, I met people from as far away as uh, New York. Uh, I met people from as far away as Connecticut. So so they yeah. actually traveled to be there to witness that occasion. Um, again, it, it just goes far to to. Uh, support the fact that people do support uh the, the need for reparations
0: okay. so we're doing i'm calling this i'm uh, thinking about like if this if the encobra convention is like a movie then maybe this is the trailer so what are some of the things that people can expect on the reparations panel to uh I'm, excuse me on the 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 panel that's going to discuss HR 40 and SB 1083, as well as the municipal and state reparations. What are some of the highlights or some of the speakers that, um, you know, make it interesting for people to want to register to our convention and hear firsthand what's going on with uh, with, with HR 40 and the reparations movement in, in Congress?
1: Well, uh, of course, uh, with HR 40 and Senate Bill 1083, um, we have, um, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, she's always a power speaker, she uh, energizes you, and and this year her, her um, theme is, we can't wait, why we can't wait, uh, reparations now, this is our time, so um, we are um, pushing towards that theme also, um, so Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee will be there, she will speak to her um, efforts with HR 40, what she's doing, um, any call to action, her strategic plan. Also, um, Senator Cory Booker um, will be there. um, And again, this is a really, really busy time because on August 1st, they actually go out for recess, for summer recess. Um, uh, Senator Booker has indicated that if he cannot be there, he's making every effort to be there. But if he cannot, he will indeed send a um, message um, talking and addressing his strategy for Senate Bill 1083 and where he sees all of the efforts being applied. And and you have to always be aware of the fact that COVID-19 and the pandemic have actually um, taken uh, front and center with everything that our elected officials are doing. But um, in addition to our elected officials, we also have um, Brother Cam Howard from ENCOBRA. He's the national male co-chair for INCOBRA, but he's also the male co-chair for the Legislative Commission. And he has a phenomenal record of working with reparations and being on the forefront and being an advocate for reparations. Also, we have Nkichi Taifa, Sister Nkichi Taifa, who is a lifelong member, a lifetime member of NCOBRA. And she has indeed been out on the front line uh, advocating for reparations. And she's also been involved with some of the forerunners of the um, reparations movement. Um, Other folk who are on that panel, Dr. Ron Daniels with the National African-Americans for Reparations Commission, who also has been um, heavily involved with reparations as well as other political efforts. He is also on that panel. And because it's a panel, uh, the theme is uh, about the youth. We have a youth activist, Sammy Sanchez, who actually is a Afro Latinx uh, young activist who's out there advocating for reparations. And I met him because one day he was out on the street with his bullhorn talking to people about reparations. So we have a power packed panel ready to talk about reparations in the form of HR 40 legislation, S-1083, and also what the call to action um, can be um, at the conclusion of that panel. And because suddenly there is so much activity at the local level with standing up reparations at the local level, and I'm sure you've all heard that the U.S. Conference of Mayors just issued a awesome, awesome, powerful statement of support for uh, reparations at the national level that's in the form of HR 40 and Senate Bill 1083. Um, The news has been just um, packed with local uh, municipalities and uh, uh, localities who are um, saying that they are going to either stand up a reparations commission to explore uh, what they can do in order to be able to support reparations at the local level. And again, Brother Cam Howard will be on that panel. He has done an awful lot at the local level, has actually written a um, guide on how to lay the foundation for reparations at the local level. So we're going to peel back the layers, look at um, actually what reparations should look like at the local level. And we're also gonna look at some efforts that may not necessarily be reparations so that our viewers, our convention participants actually have tools in their in their hip pocket, if you will, so that they can say, this is reparations. Well, that's not necessarily reparations. Um, but it may well be a, a, a good start towards a concrete um, reparatory justice plan. On that um, panel, in addition to Brother Cam Howard, we have uh, Assemblyman Charles Barron from uh, New York. And if you've never heard him speak, he is he is dynamite. He um, has an interesting history. He was a Black Panther from his Black Panther days. He went on to become one heavily involved in politics at the local level and from there on to the state level. So he is a politician, elected official in New York, uh, 42nd uh, district. And he uh, dubs his politics, his political style as radical politics. Um, He is on the panel as is the sister Robin Ruth Simmons. We all are hearing great, great things about her. She um, actually is in Evanston, um, Illinois and has um, stood up a reparations plan, did it in a real, real short period of time. And um, it is actually working extremely well. She's um, gotten a lot of kudos for it. We also have... uh, representative Rab from um, Pennsylvania. He also has been doing a lot with reparations at the local level. We have a young sister um, who is a member of Encobra. She's also on the panel to represent youth. Um, And we also have a moderator for that panel who definitely has been in the thrust of reparations at the local level. And that's brother Ari Maretazan from the Philadelphia local chapter. He has a lot of great things that he has done uh, to include the slavery disclosure uh, laws, clauses in Philadelphia, in the city of Philadelphia. So um, it promises to be three power packed hours of discussion, information sharing and uh, we are confident that there will be lots of takeaways.
0: Yes, thank you for sharing that. You know, I was thinking also just a little uh, uh, a little addendum to Charles Barron is that he actually passed a reparations bill resolution locally in when he was a city council person, I'm not sure the council people, they call him. He, he did. York, uh,
1: and- right. He and his wife. Um, he and his wife both are in politics. She's now uh, on city council, and he's gone on to to the state. And just to hear the uh, their accomplishments um, are absolutely unbelievably amazing. Um, so I'm excited that we were able to 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 be able to secure him and get him on the panel.
0: Yes, and and also. Um... Brother Scotty Reed, our engineer, and I were talking before the show started about the the recent case in Asheville, North Carolina. So we see that there's a real momentum now building up with local municipalities from Evanston to Chicago to now Asheville. And we also will have, if I understand, we have one of the city aldermen from the city of Chicago that helped to push forward the reparations resolution that CAM and local Chicago and Cobra worked on in Chicago will also be on the panel. So this is important for people to understand. We we're, we're bringing you the people who actually made these things happen. Not just talking about these ideas, but the actual people who who strategized and shepherded and and organized the community as well as organized the politics of their local city, their local state, and 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 at the federal level. And I know you we wanted to speak a little bit about how where we are in terms of HR40 as we go back from local to national again and we, we we have more uh, representatives, uh, I think from my years of working with Cobra, I think we used to average maybe 20 to 30 to 40 on the high side and now we're up to, um, what is it, 137? Or what's the latest um, count, it changes every day, I know.
1: It, it, the numbers change every few days. Um, I've gone back the highest number I've seen of co-sponsors before this uh, session has been about 48. Um, in this session, the 116th legislative session, currently we have 137 on the books. I know that there is another one. There's a process. You indicate that you are a co-sponsor. It has to go through a paper process, but I know that there is a, a person who will show up in the next couple of days. So we actually have uh, 138 co-sponsors and Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee has promised and committed that if we can get 150 co-sponsors she will um, take the bill for markup and push it to the floor for debate. Personally, I'm excited for the debate uh, for, for a lot of reasons, but it gives us an opportunity to have the type of dialogue that this country really needs to have about mm. what has been going on for the past 500 years. The nation has to come to a reckoning with that, with those, um, um, with their history. Let's, let's just say they have to come to reckoning with their history. So I'm pushing really, really hard to get those last 12 uh, co-sponsors on the, on the House side and because it's bicameral legislation, uh, you, um, we have eighteen co-sponsors on the Senate side. The Senate, of course, as you know, is a majority Republican House, and it's going to be a little bit tougher to uh, do that. But hey, we're winners. I, I, I'm confident we can push it forward. So that's that's where we are right now. 137 plus one that'll drop in a couple of days on the House side, pushing for the 150. And on the Senate side, we have 18, um, really pushing to get maybe about another 30, 32, so that we can uh, hopefully have close to a majority on that side also.
0: Yeah, and and again, just some of the politics of this, all this. So, um like I said, the momentum has really been swinging in our favor and I shouldn't say swinging in our favor because we've been working hard in the trenches. I remember um, some years ago at one of the Congressional Black Caucus um, meetings and I happened to be able to be on the HR 40 panel and uh, Dr. Ron Daniels was chairing and basically he started out by saying something to the degree that um, the reparations movement has had ebbs and flows and there's been high points and low points and high points and low points. And what I stressed uh, you know, after he made that comment was that, yes, this true there are high points and low points. However, COBRA has been working in the trenches, regardless of whether it was a high point or a low point, so that we can continue to move it forward. Because if, if somebody wasn't keeping the banner going, the low points would be much lower and harder to come back up, right? So uh, I was also just wanted to make a note that, that at this point right now, um, the reparations Bill, as I understand the, the chair of the subcommittee that it sits in is supportive of HR40 so it mean there won't be you know that person will be supportive of moving it forward and then the chair of the larger judiciary committee that it then have to come out of before it goes to the floor is also in favor of HR 40 so we so we have a smooth sailing we just have to get those 11 12 more. Representatives, so that um we have the the, the, the fullest um, strong stronger momentum behind us to move it forward.
1: You you're absolutely correct. Um, and, and it's always good if you can, um, get everyone, you know, in your committee, i.e. your, uh, judiciary committee. So there are a few low hanging fruits that are still out there. We're working hard to um. them to come on board but um you're right the 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 chairs are definitely supportive of what we're doing and 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 that's a major step um because with with them in favor of it it, it's it as you said is smooth sailing because we don't have to go through a lot to be able to um to get it on the calendar you know to to get it scheduled.
0: Right, so we're gonna uh, take a short break here at the middle of the show. We take a break to, and then we'll just hold you. Uh, we're waiting on a couple of guests to call in. We might just have you hang out a little bit longer if you don't mind, Sister Kenneth.
1: Sure, I can hang out a little bit longer.
2: All right, thank you uh Brother Jamoke. Just want to let you know that you're listening to Conversation Reparations, Conversation Reparations on the Black Talk Radio Network. This program is a collaboration between the nonprofit Black Talk Media Project and the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. Brother Jamoke.
0: All right. We were going to wanted to, uh, first of all, thank you, Sister Kenneth, for uh, sharing so much about that, those those two panels, uh, which like I said, is kind of the heart of our, our convention this year. But we also have two other panels that we will be having that we, that will go on during our convention as well. One of the um, challenges or the charge, I should say, the charge that the ECObra uh, board gave the planning committee and th- for this year is to keep it short, sweet and simple. And so uh, sometimes we have a lot of different workshops and town hall meetings and lots of different things, but because it was a, we were doing this as a virtual convention, we wanted to keep it succinct and, and, and tight and and simple. And so we have these two, we have two other panels. One of the panels is on COVID-19 and reparations and we have some real, uh, heavyweights on in terms of that panel as well the uh, dr patricia newton uh, who is a nationally really internationally renowned psychiatrist and doctor um, will will be one of the anchors of that panel as well as dr kenneth nave who uh, is the one who we actually introduced cam to the idea of inter intergenerational epigenetics and we've talked a little bit about that on the show before as well which is which is the scientific research that is being done now that shows that if someone is traumatized and that trauma can impact their dna and and once their dna is negatively impacted by the trauma then that trauma um gets passed down or the, the impacted DNA uh, gets uh, passed down from one generation into the next generation into the next generation so we were so brother cam was connecting the dots and you know, we realized that you know when we look at how people of African descent are disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 because of pre-existing conditions and then the next question is, well, why do black people have a higher rate of these pre-existing conditions? And we we assert that part of that is due to is due to this this science demonstrates this epigenetics, the transgenerational epigenetics, that our immune systems and our DNA have been weakened and compromised at such a degree. And this is this is this research is actually being shown on other groups as well. So it's not something again that we're advancing. This is science, and we have shown that, uh, for example, I believe um, Jewish families who have been impacted by the Holocaust versus those who were not impacted by the Holocaust, they have seen difference in health uh, factors and health uh, challenges that those who were impacted, the descendants of those who were impacted from the Holocaust and and another group I think was looked at was in the, uh, during the Civil War and their descendants. So again, this is science. And so we're lifting this up at this time, you know. while unfortunately COVID-19 is being politicized, uh, unfortunately, uh, but we're we're gonna, we're putting the reparations uh, spin on this and recognizing how that's impacting us. But not only does it impact us in terms of health and DNA, but it also impacts us in terms of uh, economics and, and, uh, um, and, and other ways as well. So we even have brother Ed Whitfield who's gonna be looking at that because we know that many of our people are, are more susceptible to disease and things like that because they don't have adequate health care, They don't have adequate resources to take care of themselves early on or to social distance or to work from home or whatever those things are that they say that are causing this disease to uh, impact us at a higher rate. So we will have a real strong panel. Um, Dr. Nave has just come out with a book called Competent Proof because that was one of the things sometimes that people allege that we weren't, uh, those of us who are living today, uh, aren't impacted by slavery. or or weren't slaves. But we can demonstrate now with the science that we are impacted, even though we were not enslaved as our ancestors were in 1865, prior to 1865. And we also have a a young person, as Kenneth was mentioning, each one of these panels we've endeavored to put young people on. So we have a a young um, scholar activist, Dr. Kyra Shahid, who will also be um, connecting the dots around what's going on right now in the streets with, with people standing up and fighting back the system of racial terror, racial uh, discrimination that has persisted from, from the time they entered the shores of Africa to now. And that's why reparations is the call of the day. And uh, I'm kind of going on here because we were expecting some guests to come on. But i um, We, we so that will also be a very strong, and powerful panel. And we also, the brother Mark Thompson, Reverend Mark Thompson will be moderating that panel. And then the third panel of the day, which will kind of close us out, is intergenerational dialogue. We mentioned at the top of the show that we understand the importance of passing this torch on to our young people and I sometimes I like to say passing the flame instead of passing the torch. I just caught myself passing the flame because I say that you know some elders are still doing good work and so we're not trying to take the torch from them if they're still doing good work but we do want them to pass the flame of their torch on to the young younger generation so that they can continue to build on the work that's being done that has been done and is continuing to be done. So we will have an intergenerational dialogue where we'll have elders of INCOBRA, young people of INCOBRA, some of the children of members of INCOBRA, and youth activists having a a real serious dialogue in terms of what, what are the strategies, where do we go from here in the reparations movement, what is the charge to our young generation to move this reparations movement forward? What, what resources can they bring or do they bring to this fight? Uh, what are the resources that they can glean from us as the elders such so that they can be more effective in their fight and continuing this reparations fight? So that's the the lineup for Saturday. We're going to close out in with a uh, live uh, Facebook party jam, and um, to have to to share our culture and our tradition and our um, lifting of our spirit, because this work can be um, heavy and challenging. One of the things that we've also built in, in addition to adding youth to the three main panels on Saturday, we actually have um, built out full-on youth tracks during our, our convention this year. We're very, very, very excited about that. And um, I don't remember the last time I remember when we had fully developed youth track for young, for young adults and for those under 20 it was maybe in 2005 when the convention was in Atlanta. But be that as it may, we, we do have uh, Sister Yomi who, um, who is the female co-chair of the Youth Commission and also the female co-chair of the National Conference Planning Committee. And she's um, been working with the young people, uh, really pushing them and pulling, pushing and pulling, I should say, out of them to really shape that themselves and not say we're going to do a youth track, but then it's still um, planned by adults or and or planned by elders, uh, but actually have a youth track that is actually planned by the youth. And so we've been uh, working with uh, a group of young people to design the youth track to make it engaging, to make it interesting, to make it uh, impactful. And so we we will have the uh, Youth Youth Track will be on Thursday, I believe it's from 2 to 5 p.m. Pull that schedule up. And as I said, it will be lots of different um, uh, short uh, presentations with, with, with video, with interactive exchange, with conversation to really reach our young people around this issue of reparations and we'll have youth voices who will be speaking to the young people as well around the reparations movement. And then on Friday, uh, starting at 6 p.m., going from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., there's a focus on the reparations movement as it relates to what we're calling our young adults, those between 20 and 30. And both of those... uh, Presentations uh, segments of our convention uh, are open to anyone, but they will be targeting we're targeting our young people for those. And again, at the young adult presentation, we're excited to bring on the youngest uh, president of NAACP chapter out of Minneapolis, and we know Minneapolis is a, quite a hot spot, right, and from George Floyd, but even continues to be a hot spot as they. Um, wrestle with things like uh, getting rid of the whole police department and uh, replacing it with with people with other forms of community safety and other kind of conversations that are uh, happening there in minneapolis so she's in the heart and pulse of what's been going on there in minneapolis uh, and so we we have she'll be one of the panelists uh, one of the featured panelists and we will ha- also have hear from a again from other youth activists. To. um, to, That will again um, bring a message of strategies and of how young people have been moving uh, in this time. We see our young people in the streets. it's, it's things are are moving. Uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, and just the call again for, for to address systemic racism in this country is the, the energy is very high. So, uh, Sister Kenneth, I'm gonna bring you back in here, <laughs> and um, uh, I Brother you, Jamoke, if, if yeah, I yeah. may
2: share something with both of you. Sure, um, as as I told you, I have been involved in local organizing uh, here okay. in Gaston County, North Carolina. Um, you know, our main focus right now is removing that neo-Confederate uh, terrorist monument from our courthouse grounds. But we're working on other issues as well. And reparations has come up. And, you know, the groups I've been organizing with are very diverse in ethnicity um, in terms of white people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people have been joining. And um, that has come up and they have been very supportive of reparations. And I think that's a positive development. I can't say what's going on in the streets in terms of, you know, these other demonstrations and local organizing, but I was pleasantly surprised to see that you know that was on these people's radar here where I am. Thank you for allowing me to share that. Uh,
0: yes, and that's very true. You know, we talked about that in the reparation rally here in Atlanta, and in the rallies in general, several rallies that I've attended um, or been asked to speak at. Yeah, people are receptive, more and more receptive, and the issue of reparations is is, is percolating up. Even like you said, even among the European Americans and other. Um, People in, in in the United States that have been out in the, in the rallies and, and protests. Uh, so yeah, that that's definitely true. Uh, that uh, people are, and and again, I'm, you know, articles are coming out every day saying, you know, beyond police brutality, let's talk reparations. You know, uh, from different um, newspapers, uh, mainstream newspapers, um, articles and. and things are being written more and more about reparations every day are coming out. Um, Matter of fact, again, we were talking off air before we got on the air about, you know, T.I. writing an open letter to the Bank Lloyds of London around uh, T.I. local hip hop artists and activists based here in Atlanta writing a letter uh, demanding reparations uh, from the bank. And so, yeah, there's a lot that's going on right now around around uh, people uh, catching the fire of reparations. And Sister Kenneth, you've been in, you you live in, in D.C. And I know that D.C. has been a very hot place in terms of this movement. And uh, I, I remember one of the Incorporated Board members called me up and said that they, you know, I've been saying for years that if, if we just circle the White House, and say, we want you out. And if a million people did that for, for so many days, we could probably move him out. And my friend said, well, it's happening. It's happening. Okay? He had to go down in this bunker and hide out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, probably the young people in D.C. So you got a, a report. You've been out there in the streets with the young people in D.C. Well, obviously you have. You said that's how you met Brother Sanchez.
1: Uh... It's it's pretty interesting in the streets now. Um, I'm not sure he was down in the bunker for that reason. He might have just been checking it out, you know, in case he needs a, a second home.
0: <laughs> no, that's the that's the excuse he says to make it seem like he wasn't scared.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. He was just, right. I'm
0: just checking it out. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow there's 10,000 people in front of the uh, White House.
1: <laughs> hey, hey. But I I I just want to caution folk um that we have we have to be careful and we have to make sure that when folks say they support reparations or they put something on the table and dub it reparations, that we assess it and we determine whether or not it is reparations. Cause yes, you're right, I've seen a lot. Um, in the last couple of days. But I've also seen some things that have been dubbed as reparations. And it's a highway marker on the side of the road, uh, an apology and nothing, not a lot more. And and, and that's not reparations. Uh, so, so again, this convention, I think will go far to, um, Help people to have a stronger understanding and appreciation for what we mean when we say reparations and what reparations should look like.
0: Yes, that's right. At Cobra, we are the premier reparations organization with the largest, really only national reparations organ membership-based organ reparations organization. And so in addition to all of that, we also are, have been setting the leadership in terms of what is reparations, defining reparations, and how do we move this reparations movement forward. So we really encourage you to find out about reparations. You know, don't be, stay on the sideline, just checking it out. Jump in this reparations movement. If you feel like you're already in it, go deeper and get involved within Cobra. We, have, we encourage you to go to our website, in in Cobraonline.org, n-c-o-b-r-a-online.org, and register for our convention. Our convention is only $30, $30 and we encourage you to do that. You can um, take out a membership within COBRA, and, and you'll find out the schedule for our, our convention, how you can get involved, um, find out more information about what we'll, the, the speakers and all the things that will be happening at our convention. And also just find out more about reparations and the COBRA, the work that we're doing and what's going on. And Sister Kenneth mentioned earlier the, the statement that came out from the, the US uh, Conference of Mayors and other information like that is up on our website. And, and, and information about if you're interested in doing a uh, local reparations initiative. Well, I'm not sure if that's up on the website, but we need to put it up on the website that uh, the laying the foundation for local initiatives. So, but there's a lot of information, but more important, you know, people talk a lot about boycotts and different things and that's an effective strategy, but we also need to build, we have to support organizations and institutions that are doing this work. And so if you don't give to in COBRA, give to some organization, but I would like to see a campaign that where we we pick a day out of the month, or one day every month, where people say I'm going to give five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, a hundred dollars to an organization that's doing work on our behalf. You know, in addition to the boycotts. You know, feel like boycotting is an effective strategy. That's a whole conversation. But I think one if, what one strategy that is an effective strategy is for or for people to begin to support financially those organizations that are doing work in our community. So we're coming to the end of our show. Uh, I, I apologize. We had a whole bunch of guests lined up. Uh, we we're Looking to hear from Dr. Newton. We we're looking to hear from some of our youth activists uh, in, uh, out of Alabama. We we're looking to hear from our national conference planning committee co-chair sister Yomi as well as the she also serves where several hats as well as the youth as well as the female co-chair of the youth commission uh, not sure what happened but well, we thank you sister Kenneth for coming on and and bringing the information about the the legislative component of our convention and uh, Thank you again, Brother Scotty Reed. Again, you're listening to Conversation Reparations. Conversation Reparations is brought to you by Incobra, the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. Again, you can connect with us online at incobraonline.org. We also have our we also have social media platforms now. We have on Instagram. You can find us at National Incobra on. Facebook you can find us at national in cobra and on Twitter you can find us at national in cobra at in cobra 40 that's national in cobra at in cobra 40 on Twitter and so we invite you to get engaged get involved register for our convention and let's let's get our reparations